build a camper on it, like right. a yeah. half ton flatbed. And so he was coming with me and my friend Paul, and then he just ditched us on the way down. I then went back to Connecticut, and I don't know how he got where he had to go because he, he was in our truck. So yeah, he was not feeling well. <laughs> Heroin and hiking don't go along <laughs> perfectly well, especially with the easy parts. The first part, you're going down, yeah. and oh, then yeah. the problem is going up is what you're worried about. Yeah. So he just... Is that close to the Joshua Tree? No, but it sort of likes it. No, Grand Canyon's in Arizona, so if you go east, <coughs> but, you know, that whole area, this yeah. you know, low desert or high desert, yeah. it's pretty much... It's tricky. You're at the rim. It's like you're in the forest. It goes like this too. It goes really wild. So it's really it gets smaller down at the bottom, and it's just the Colorado River. Yeah. And then the sun gets reflected. It gets like warmer down there. Oh, it was for us. It's tricky. You get the wire. You see the wire. It's freezing cold. It's freezing cold. And, and you're in this hot yeah. oven. Yeah, it's musical. And then you're wishing, you're trying to figure out how can I get on these rafts that are going by? <laughs> yeah. So they just say I'm injured. Because <laughs> there's tons of these rafts going with a lot of people on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we got to get ready for this. We're ready. <laughs> we have a Zoom at the same time. So, uh, yeah. So we, I was doing mostly recovery then, or with a lot of this. Oh, a lot of this mixed in. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's sort of what happened. In the beginning, it was ninety percent recovery, a little bit of this, and then it just all went the other way. Yeah. Then the people stopped bringing pens and paper to the workshop because <laughs> there was no writing anymore. What the hell is this guy talking about? Yeah, but I learned a lot. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, I used to go every Monday for years, years, years. And I felt a lot of different ways. And I had a lot of different circumstances and finances and romantic conditions. And yet, as long as I showed up, things happened. So you realize it's, it's not about you, truly. Yeah. If it's about you, it's always going to be conditioned. Right. Yes, you can't have a lasting relief. It's you having it because you're volatile. Yeah, the programming it's it's shook up to begin with, and then it's easily shook up when situations change. Yeah, so there's no you can't really rest on a shaky foundation. It just doesn't work. You can make it seem like it's you know some somewhat solid, but that's conditional managing. And if some some variable comes in, it blows it right up. Yeah, that's why when they have these retreats, it's really retreat from a lot of conditions so that they can control a condition so that, yeah, so that there can be a sort of a semblance of a foundation and then things can happen. You're not getting calls and stuff like that, but as soon as you leave, that, that controlled condition is breached, so to speak. And then you, you know, that's what happens. You're driving from the retreat and maybe a couple of hours, the head just uh, became dominant again. And it's a habit because when you see it, because you do, you see the head 
you call it me, you know, it's just a habit. So it get, enters, it doesn't even knock anymore. It just enters wherever it wants. And then it just fucking creates havoc in some respects because it's, my, it's a myopic view. Whenever it reads anything, it only sees it in one way, how it pertains to me. It doesn't see it in a, a larger panoramic view. So basically all the information collated, like they say in The Course of Miracles, are you gone? Yeah, are we on now? Yeah, they say in The Course of Miracles, I gotta see if the thing's running with me, uh, that the brain interprets to the body, to the body, which it is a part, is an incredible statement. It would save us a lot of confusion. Yeah, because we're relying on information but we don't understand what's actually taking it in and collating the information. Yeah. In other words, we think it's us coming to these conclusions. It isn't. That the, the conclusions produce a sense of us, of Paul. Yeah. And the conclusions are based on a failed system. You're not seeing what's going on. Yeah. So how is, you know, they come to the conclusion, many people, that like Einstein said, you can't use the broken system to fix itself, so to speak. Yeah, so you've got to, wait a minute. So like in recovery, it was a great uh, recognition that the problem resides in the mind. Yes, that was pretty goddamn good diagnosis because they didn't know what was really going on. Yeah, so they started to get some inclinations about what's happening. So they figured it, it resides in the mind. So where, what's going on in the mind, the smaller mind, the thoughts, yeah? Thoughts and perceptions and stuff, shit like that. And the problem resides there. So it's affecting that stuff. So you're seeing through a very, very like dark glass, so to speak, yeah? Which has one agenda, which is to, to uh, reinforce and support its own survival, basically. It's attempting, uh, almost like a parasite in a way. And a parasite, it's never gonna be a win-win situation with a parasite. Because the parasite's winning is you're losing. It's not like a win-win thing. Yeah. For it to have your life means you have less not your life anyway, but to, for it to have a life, you don't, you don't have one in a way. So it can't, it just doesn't work. So, all right, if you see that the problem resides in the mind and then uh, you're introduced to this idea of non-duality where the problem uh, is only seen as one from the problem. The solution in AA, I mean, non-duality is incredible because there's no need for a solution. That's the solution. The solution tells you there is no real problem. Now, when you're in the problem, that fucking irritates you, you know, frustrates you because you have a real problem. Yeah, you do. Yeah, the solution is there is no problem. So I want to get that solution as the problem. It doesn't work. Yeah, the solution is you see you're not that and therefore there's no need to get out of it because you were never really in it. Yeah, the whole premise of all our escapes is because there's an assumption we're in certain things as certain as a certain thing. 
And from there, that's always, no matter how many, many times you dive the color of the pool water differently, you have the same diving board. You always are being launched from this idea. Yeah, so you can change the diameter of it, how it's facing, make it one of those eternal horizons. But the fact is, it's what's leaping you into the pool is based on this assumption that you're a long lasting, independent, separate thing. That what's perceiving is that which can be perceived, yeah, which fundamentally goes against. And who cares? No one knows who Hoang Po is anyway. So it's, that, that fundamentally goes against the little message Hoang Po laid on people, which is whatever can be perceived and not be perceived. Yeah. We're, in, we're totally antagonistic to that that statement yeah now if you like a lot of his other statements but oh i don't like that one maybe maybe it's because you're seeing you're reading that statement from being the perceived thinking it's perceiving that's the whole point of these messages the whole point of non-duality and understandings that are based on non-duality is to bring up or out of the weeds the misunderstanding they don't, non-duality does not replace you with the new understanding, really. It just negates the old understandings. And then you really realize the system that's thinking it knows by understanding or understands by knowing, yeah, is fundamentally limited. It's not going to work when it comes to what we are. That's the whole point, yeah. You can, you know, you can have like, there can be seeking for everything, Everything, everything in the world, seeking for experience, seeking for the perfect raw fucking, you know, raw almond organic cheesecake, tons of shit, great lattes, everything like that. But you can't apply that to what you are. You can't seek for it because you are it. That's the dilemma. With all the other seeking, it's clear you're not it. I'm not a pair of pants. Yeah. So I'd like to have some new ones. I'm not a pair of pants. And I used the example of drug addiction because I was my, the love in all my drug affairs was with cocaine, shooting cocaine was the way that was like making love to it. You know, other things were foreplay like freebasing and snorting, but shooting it was a ritual, like a marriage almost. You really were dedicated. You were <laughs> stuck something in your arm and there you went. But I never thought I was cocaine at any point. I never turned into what I was doing. But we are there. We are taking ourselves to be the mental drug. The mental drug is self, you know, selfing really. And what it appears as the doer, the feeler, the taster, the toucher, the smeller. And how does it appear at that way? It never does, it seems to appear to us, yeah, it never does appear because we're not in appearance, we're no appearance. Everything that appears is not of us. It may be of us, but it is not us because we are of non-appearance. Yeah. So appear away, it doesn't matter because uh, you're not that in a sense. You're this, let's say the space of all that, yeah? So, if and I, you know, I saw a lot of drug addicts in my little life, and I was, I thought my trajectory and trajectory was pretty far out 
I went out there pretty far, yet I never got close to taking myself to be cocaine. We are there. People start there. They are, they're intoxicated with the identification as self. What is that but a drug? It's a mental one. Yeah. And the dealer is that thing yapping in the head all day. It's telling you a life scene from that point of view. Yeah. Very rarely, you're going to question maybe tons of shit that you see, but very rarely are you going to question the point of view that's interpreting all the scene. You won't because it's got almost a forbidden thing. You're just so sure that you're this. There's no need to check it. Check it out. Yeah. Yeah. You have tons. There's tons of leaks in the in the boat. You don't realize the boat sucks. You know, just, you know instead of patching up the boat, just take let it sink finally and see if you do. You don't. Yeah. Just like we used to say the the story of the snake and uh, the skin. The skin. Uh, so the snake, there's the snake, and then the skin of the snake. And in this case, the skin of the snake is, ta is taking itself to be the whole snake. Yeah, it's got the megaphone. It's talking to the snake all day. That is from the skin's point of view. So it always has its main Armageddon comes every year, which is the molting of the skin, yeah, which is doomsday for the self, the, the skin. So the skin... Jack, talking as the snake, tells the snake to buy a lot of moisturizer, stay out of the sun, watch out for that rock, don't go there. It's trying to save its own literal ass, yeah? Now, the snake is just, you know, just snaking. It doesn't, it's not volitionally shedding the skin. It's just, it's a thing it goes through. But from the snake's point of view, losing the old skin is a great move. It travels lighter. It's got shinier thing, it tracks female snakes. It's smoother, it goes over the rocks a lot easier. It's just a complete win. But from the skin's point of view, it's Armageddon. So it does not want the snake to realize, yeah, that when the molting goes and when the skin falls off, there's still a snake, yeah? So it's talking as if there's not gonna be anything there. And you can hear that, and at the same time, the silence of snaking can override that, it can. If you've been introduced that you may be this by seeing what you're not, which is the skin, man, maybe that which you never heard before will be very loud and clear when the skin is, you know, fucking forecasting Armageddon and doing all this shit, you'll just rest in that, we talked about it from the course last week, the quiet center, you know, you'll be resting there. Yeah, and all this yapping, yeah, may cause a little anxiety, agitation, it may stir the ethers, but it doesn't move a world. Yeah, you're just, you're not there anymore. And it doesn't, you don't need it to be 100%. All you need is to be 50.001%. Just the tiniest little more interest in what you are than what you're not changes the whole equation. And when the equation is, is changed, it's, it's shown that there was never a need to change the equation because what you were believing to be so isn't, wasn't, and won't be, yeah? But it produces effects, yes, it does. On what? Things that appear, yeah? Of course, yeah? So what the Course of Miracles says about that, those are uncaused feelings, uncaused effects. 
What's an uncaused effect? If every cause, every effect has to have a cause, if they're real, let's say, an uncaused would be effect that there's effects, but there's no reality that's causing them. That's dreaming, yes? So in dreaming, there's the whole aspect of dreaming is uncaused effects. Nothing ever happened, but when you're in the seeming conditions of the dreaming, that dream tiger is going to scare the living hell out of you. When you wake up from those conditions, the dream tiger won't. The dream tiger hasn't changed, yeah? But the, you have, in a sense, yeah? What you were taking to be real can really bite you in the ass. When you see it not to be real, it may appear to bite you in the ass, but then the story doesn't really get much legs, yeah? The next moment comes and you're just on and on. You're here. And uh, here doesn't mean you're rock solid here. Here means you're rock solid here. And when things are moving, that isn't, yeah? So you see, in other words, you're really on the surface of the screen. And then on you as that surface is the movie. So you're like on the screen and then you're right, the movie's going like this. And the habit is, is that we're in the movie, yes? But, yeah, and because this being the screen is always so, it doesn't, cannot, it may not appear to be so in time, yeah? Just like we miss, you don't ever recognize what's always here. You usually need it to go and appear again to recognize something. Yeah, it's just the way it goes. So this idea of the screen, but here, so here, and then this used to take you, this you seemingly, yeah? What you find is that which was taken wasn't you. Your head goes this way, but you don't go that way. Because so many people talk as if they went with the head. The head went, and then the head went, and the claiming of that was used to imply you went with the head. That's manufactured. You never went with the head. The head just goes it because it flits around, yeah? And so it goes to, oh, it goes to the past little frame of the movie, future, yeah? It's defined by the movie. It's, you know, da, 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 da. Yet all that movement hasn't changed one aspect of the screen, nor will it ever. That's why the greatest investment of any movie theater is the screen. They buy one screen, that's it. <laughs> fucking 800 different movies, lengths, different movies from different countries. They, the screen will just do its thing. Yeah, that's what it will, without any thought or effort. Yeah, here they come. These are the, the advanced folk game. They only come for five minutes. We're on a quota now, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah. Intensive care is yeah. going to the mall. That'll bring them closer. So yeah, we were just speaking about um, nothing again. Yeah. So the whole, the real situation in a way that used to, it frustrates the head a lot when there is a problem seemingly that needs a solution, but when the solution appears, there is no problem. Now, the funny thing is, when the solution appears, it says it's always been there. So there was never a problem, yeah? So it erases 
all of the residue of that idea of a problem because the residue is time, yeah? So this happened with memes. It was, you know, you have a lot of these downloads occur during your life. So some of them are remembered more than others. So I remember this one time I was uh, in, in the hospital, not with the accident, but surgeries after the accident. And I remember I had this sense where, you know, that emptiness just was dominant. And the first thought that was clean from all the mentaling yeah, came in and it says, it's always been this way. It's just always. That, that all the believing that all this shit had happened and all this shit was gonna happen will seem, will constantly and completely continue to seem to be true to the programming. But the message from that innermost was nothing ever happened. This is always this way, always. Yeah, that had a huge effect on me. Yeah, and where does the effect show in all the coming and going? You travel lighter through it, that's all. It's not like you're exempt from shit, yeah. You feel more than you ever did. Before, when you thought you were the feeler, the head was fucking trying to cut out a lot of feeling <laughs> because it was going against its story. When those, those false uh, walls drop, you feel a lot all day. You're feeling tons of sensations. The head that really the thought system can't keep up with them because it, it's trying to make one feeling fit the, its narrative and then there's another feeling, it just gets fucking too much. You know what I mean? Oh, you're having a bad day, five, then there's a smile breaks up. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. And it just can't catch up. It can't, it's sort of like you running naked and it's trying to clothe you. You're running naked. No, put this on. No, put, and it, you just can't do it. It just, it gives up. It's puffing and puffing. Oh, fuck it. And then this whole trail of old ideas just unravels. Yeah. Just unravels. Yeah. And then maybe it appears like nothing happened the next day, but you know. Yeah. You know before knowing. Yes. Yeah. Like I, you know, these people, I did a video. I was in uh, India in 2000, I think, one. Like 1998 or seven, I read a book by this guy, Ramesh Balsakar, was a driver for another guy named Nizagadana Maharaj for a while, driver and a translator, because uh, Nizagadana only talked in one dialect and this guy would translate. He was a bank president, whatever. He's very logical and he wrote a couple books. I had one book, Who Cares, which I thought was a great title. And uh, it moved me and he was old. So I wanted to go see him, you know, just was natural inclination. You know, like if you were, if a band you liked was gonna break up like the Allman Brothers, you know, I'm gonna go see the Allman Brothers, man. Yes, they were fucking awesome. When Dwayne was playing, I got to see him a lot, Dwayne. So go to the Allman, sort of like that. I'm gonna see this guy Ramesh. Now, obviously I didn't ask, but no one wants to go with me. They're fucking in Bombay. <laughs> You know what I mean? I never found a partner to go with me to India. It just didn't work. So I went to India, went to Bombay, went to found, had the address, went there. And I didn't know it, but when you got there, you had to wait down outside before the satsang started like at 9.30 or something. So there's all these Westerners mostly there. And there was a guy, Murti, an Indian guy I liked, who, who knew, who knew Nizagadara, knew, was hanging out with Ramesh. 
And so he'd find whoever was new there because they, the new person would have to sit in a chair across from Ramesh because Ramesh wasn't getting inspired by all the regulars. So whoever came in new was hoping that we would prime the pump so he would give satsang because he was tired, I guess. So I can't relate, you know, <laughs> no, it's impossible. Uh, so, so I went up there, sat down, and then we talked. So, you know, that happened years ago. Someone sent me a video, and a lot of people send me videos. I very rarely watch them. It's not personal. I just don't just watch them. They said, no, you got to watch this one. So I put it on. I see Ramesh, and there's the people, and I know the room. And then it's my voice that he's talking to, and he starts talking. And, you know, this isn't a scripture. He's using ideas and things to trigger something, you know, they may not be kosher completely, but it didn't matter. So he's talking about, okay, look at this thing of presence, yeah? So let's say there's impersonal presence, which is not found or seems to be located near a body. It's just the context. And then there's personal presence, the idea of Paul, you know? Paul is like an emblem on something else, consciousness, and then the body you put the emblem called Paul. So that would be the personal conscious uh, presence, yes? So he says, all right, Paul, do you have a place to live in America? I go, yeah, I have a place. And he says, all right, so you have a house. So when you go to work, do you forget you have a house? No, I don't forget. Are you worried at 10 a.m.? My house, I don't, <laughs> no, I have an assurance. I just feel I have a house, yeah? All the while, I'm at work. Now, I'm not at the house. Yeah, but I believe I know I have a house. I don't seem to be at the house. In other words, I'm not at the bottom of the ocean. I'm on the surface, but I'm still in the ocean. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm at work. He says, You're not worried about did I lose the house? Am I going to find the house? No. He says, so, so, so you, as the impersonal presence, trying to remember. No, as the personal presence, trying to remember the impersonal presence, that doesn't work, right? Because what you're doing is remembering the, in, the personal presence. All day you're trying to remember the impersonal, you're remembering it as the personal. So the personal gets reinforced by your hoping, because you don't need to remember that you have a house, you have a house. <laughs> you don't have to go to work and at every, you know, Instead of a coffee break, remember having a house break. All right. I have a house. I have a house. I have a house. Get the back door. No, I have a house. Yeah. You have a house. Yeah. You're done. You're the impersonal presence. All of the things that you believe or your head believes would exile you from it is not true. You don't misplace yourself from. The, pre the presence, you, you know, you can't, there's no hideout in everywhere. You're in everywhere. No matter how specifically somewhere you are, you're still in everywhere. The everywhere dominates the somewhere. The some somewhere does not erase the everywhere. Yeah. Our obsession with the someone in the somewhere can seem to make it so, but it doesn't make it so. This is the, re this is the real relief. The relief isn't based on your eyes. 
what your eyes are telling you, what your head is telling you. It's based on something else. You just know you have a house, yeah? You don't walk around with the deed and call up your landlord. Do I have the house? To <laughs> you have a house, fucking enjoy it, yeah? But I just gonna stay in the house. You don't have to stay in the house, go to work. You're in Rome, do as the Romans do, but you're not a Roman. You've got your own, yes? This idea, it doesn't have to be all of, as the seeming, imper, seeming personal presence, you don't have to try to make your whole life like the impersonal presence. You are the impersonal presence. Who or what are you trying to convince? Are you trying to convince the personal presence, which does, you don't need to, you're not that, yeah? Or that's all you can be trying to convince. You're not, you don't care. Remembering what always is, is a denial of what always is. Yes. If you're trying to remember what's always is, instead of being obviously clear you're being what's always is, it's a denial of what always is. Your, your desire to remember it is a denial of it. Yeah, because you are the impersonal presence. So it's denying itself in this little dream as the, as the personal presence by trying to remember and arrive at and get the impersonal presence. You are the impersonal presence. It doesn't, the fact of you are the impersonal, I'm mean, gonna always switch it, I'm gonna practice this. You know, the idea that you're the impersonal thing is not based on the conditions of the personal presence. Like we were sharing earlier about the dry dock days. I spoke at those things and there was juice in that room, powerful juice. And it had nothing to do with Paul's conditions because I went through many of them over 16 years of conditions. And some of them in my head, I was kicked out of the possibility of being a conduit for anything at least 85% of the time, but I still showed up. And I was, I was, proven wrong. I wasn't. The head was constantly proven wrong over and over time. Sinus inspections, flu, waiting to see if I have AIDS, girlfriend leaving me, shit like that. As long as I sat down and showed up, the demand was bigger than me and the people in the room. Something happened. And that's the fact. So what does that tell me? It tells me exactly what we're sharing now. The impersonal presence is a minor, 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 minor player in the whole, I mean, the personal presence in the impersonal presence, yes? You don't, your role isn't necessary because you are the impersonal presence, yes? The more you try to become it as what you're not, the more you're reinforcing what you're not. You gotta see it because it's one of the typical equations we smash everything into, yeah? And then we get frustrated when it doesn't work and then we hold out I know they're telling me I'm not going to get anything, but I'm going to get something. I'm going to get some. No, you're not fucking getting anything. No, I'm going to get it one day. I'm going to no, know you're not. You're not. You're not getting it one day. Come on. I'm going to give you $8,000. Well, maybe you'll get it. Yeah, let me, let me tailor make the message to fit my financial donor system. Oh, yeah, I think so. Keep coming. You're almost there. No. But in fact, no, you're not getting it. Hallelujah.
Can you imagine if we could have gotten this? It would have been fucked completely. <laughs> Something knows a way better. So uh, this is the message of non-duality. Nothing really has changed over these years. There's nothing new in non-duality. Uh, you know, oh, we discovered a back door. It has 50 pages of what to do and no, it's not there. That could be Advaita, maybe they can call it that. Non-duality is not two. That's it. It's just basically stating the fact isn't that it isn't the importance in non-duality. It's the assumed fact that's more important. That's what's being negated. That's why it's non-duality. Yeah. The fact has nothing to do with duality, but it's the dominant presence in this little event. The, the duality is the assumed fact that's overriding the fact of what's what is. So we've got to address that much more importantly to negate that than to try to affirm what we are. What we are will take care of itself. We just got to see these activities as not us and then everything. Yeah. Then you have a real sense that it's always been this way, that nothing ever truly happened. And, uh, You'll just travel lighter to the coffee shop today. Yes. If they don't have a cappuccino, you'll switch to a latte quickly. Yeah. Oat milk, can't get it. Soy, no. All right. Give me milk. You know? Uh, you're, you're adaptable. <laughs> yeah. It's just a simple message. But, you know, 15 years ago we met. Wow. Yeah. I'm much more, I'm much more handsome now. I know <laughs> I dress better. I think all I wore was t-shirts then, white. <laughs> but man, I was moved by something. And I'm not so moved as much, but I am that something. Before it was more being moved by something. Now it's more, I am that something, or I am that nothing. But the power that was coming through at those, those events just blew my mind. I, I met something, you know, greater than me, super greater than me. And then the me dwindled, hopefully to a sufficient amount that the water would go through the hose unimpeded. Yeah, It didn't matter all the cracks and the crimps in the outside. The inside was good. It could move right through. Yeah. And then, you know, as soon as the non-duality became more dominant, I lost my whole uh, consumer base <laughs> because, because people want something. They do. They want something. They don't want to be free. The head wants to be free as me. Yeah? It wants to, you know, it's like, a, it's like a thrill ride like anything else. It's looking at freedom as an experience is going to ride like a big wave. Yeah? And there'll be a GoPro and you know, the whole thing. And when they, when the head, you know, realizes like the, you know, the coyote ain't going to get the food of the desert tortoise, the tortoise isn't coming out. The coyote realizes it and splits. We don't, we just keep on fucking demanding that tortoise to give up some of that flesh. But, you know, we think experiences is going to do something, but obviously it's great to have experiences, but, they're sort of 
they disappear. If they were a bank account, you'd go, you'd call the bank and you're overdrawn. <laughs> no, you have no wealth or value, really. It's experiences, they're great, but they don't. Uh, and you can have tons of spiritual experiences, yet never even question the idea that you're not awake or awake. Because I found that people can be very clear about everything, but not this. They can be completely clear why they are where they are, but not the recognition of uh, this, this act of being identified as something else. So, you know, when I was giving those talks and it led me to this message, it stopped at this point because it's, it was so clear to me. It's, if you don't see this activity, this mental activity, you're going to be looking from it. It's just that simple. And so, and usually it happens so quickly, you're not even looking for it. You know, you're just, you just assume you're always looking from it. Yeah. But if you see, because what we are is not of time. So no matter how fast the, the mental runner is in time, it can't beat timelessness because timelessness never has to arrive. It's just there. And so you can see what comes after. You can see what arises. And what arises is an assumption that you're already there. But you never see that what is being assumed to be already there because there isn't. It's just an assumption that gets like, taken to be for granted. And then the imagery of the mental state picturing it as a body all the time. So all your senses of being the doer and a feel and the thinker and the one who's conscious and all like that, all, all uh, pinned on the, on the, like the board of the body. Yeah. So when you feel like you're a doer, you're pictured as a body. When there's the sense of being the thinker, you're, the thinker is pictured as a body, which is pretty crazy. The thinking is pretty subtle activity. We can't even, we're not even digesting our own food, but we are the thinker of these very subtle <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking celestial objects called thoughts. I mean, it's a fucking, it's a stretch of arrogance. You would think that rubber band would have broke, but you keep mending it, I guess. <laughs> it makes no sense, but you know, <laughs> But then, you know, you want to shoot for the stars. It's just better to look at how things are working right where you are. Yeah. Is there something before everything starts? Yes, obviously. There's an onness. Yeah. And then things are, arise in that onness. Yeah. And some of the things that arise in that onness are just comings and goings. Other things that arise are implying something. When they show up, they said something else has already been here, which is this is what selfing does. Selfing is an act of implying something is already so that was never so. Yeah. So it says, you know, you're going to be fucked. And that assumes that you were something before being fucked. Yeah. But you weren't. It was just you're going to be fucked, really. Yeah, but it always has the meaning of it is because there's something that was fucked that doesn't want to go on and on. So it's, it's simple. If you just see, call it what it is, people use the word consciousness. Onness triggers uh, an event, yeah? 
So we see things in a dualistic manner because the event is based on a premise of uh, separation, yeah? So no thing gets separated into thousands of things. And so we have contact. Things, thoughts, feelings, those are subtle things, but then you have, you know, trees and people and stuff. There's that contact. So that's the initial bang, like the big bangs, bam. Then the mental state, yeah, gets a smell of something. And so it sees, oh, there's doing, there's something is doing, there's doing, there's no something doing, there's doing. And it claims it to, and then it writes a story about the doing that totally, totally underemphasizes the doing. And, it's, and it emphasizes the doer and the done, yeah? Now, oh, so what? Yeah, all right, if one stitch went that way, so what? You, oh, that didn't affect the sweater, the shirt or whatever. I have the dominant, you know, pattern, so the one. But the, if the whole fucking thing is that, you're gonna take it to be the whole shirt. You won't see the, the flaw, F-L-A-W, as a flaw. You'll see it as the shirt, yeah? Because you're not seeing it, yeah? It's every time there's just conscious contact, yeah? That's the world of ing, you know, seeing, feeling, tasting, touching. The head gets a smell of that, claims it, and is, it uses whatever it is, spiritual action, washing the dishes, it doesn't matter, which I thought it did. I, would, I thought certain things wouldn't be touched by it. I did. I was under an assumption that there were certain activities that were above this, this like, you know, like a lotus above the mud, but it, no, they're all saturated with mud. Yeah, so, so there's the, the yin going on, the head claims it and implies that there's a someone either doing it or done, being done to by it or observing someone else being done to by it. Yeah, but there's a someone. So that which came after, which is the idea of being a someone is now placed before so you take the place of consciousness. So you can't erase that, let's say, consciousness. So the head, the head does the next best thing. It's framed as you, you, you know? And now it's the body that's conscious. So Paul, pictured as a body completely, is also consciousness. So you've got this duality right there. So subjectivity is a big nuisance to its story. Yeah, because it's objectively based. It wants that it's all about things. So how is it going to hide the subjectness of this event? Well, I'm just going to say it's the thing that's the subject. So now the thing, the object is the subject. Yeah, that's what the whole, the essence of what non-duality is negating is this idea that the, sub, that the object is the subject, that that which can be perceived which is an object is not what's perceiving, which is subject, subjectivity, if you want to call it, yeah? So the subjectivity, yeah, cannot be a attribute the object has, yeah? It has nothing to do with the object, to tell you the truth, but the head makes it a, like a hybrid, yeah? So now it's got the subjectivity. So yeah, Paul seeing, seeing hearing, feeling, tasting, touching, but it's Paul that's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching Paul. And let me remember Paul, like incessantly, oh, I picture Paul as a body. All right, so Paul, the body is what's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. Let's 
All right, we got rid of all the poss other possibilities. That's the basis. Let's go, you know, day in and day out. All the yearnings and disappointment, frustrations, the shit and that, getting tons of experience and have them all disappear, all this going through, and yet never looking at the basis yeah, of why the cup hasn't emptied. It can't hold anything that's put in, but it doesn't need anything. The emptiness is the thing. The emptiness is the thing of the cup. We see it as something to fill, but it's not. Just like in AA, we used to talk about this, they call it the God hole or something. It's like, I feel like I have a hole. A hole, I said, yeah, you're trying to fucking fill it. Something wants to come out. <laughs> you're blocking its fucking, you know, let me put no, no, don't fucking do shit. It's, yeah, it'll come out. So I feel fundamentally, because we walk on like mental crutches, we do. This is, this is the vehicle, this is the programming, that it's totally ass backwards. Really. Like we share about that there's a great meal going on and you're thinking you're missing it because you're just facing the other way. There's the table and you're just facing, looking at the kitchen door. When am I gonna get my thing? I can almost smell it. Yeah, just fucking turn around. But you realize this can't turn around because you are that way already. This is all seemingly so. You're not facing backwards, yeah? We're taking a whole story that we are facing backwards and it's called facing forward, but it's a story. Yeah, we haven't left the screen and we don't get caught in the movie and we don't get washed away and then the romantic comedy with Jennifer Aniston takes the place. It doesn't go that way. You are that, yes. So why not allow it to soak into the movie instead of trying to get the movie to soak into the screen, the screen can pull it, go into the movie. It can, yes, yeah, yeah. It can, like a, a painting that, appears not by putting paint on the canvas, but having the paint bleed through the canvas. Yes, yeah. To me, that's like the horse in front of the car. Blue is blue, red is red. You're not looking for what can't be found. Yes, you have certain clarity. And a lot of those misunderstandings, they don't have your legs anymore to run around with. You know, You've, they've been cut down. And uh, yeah, you just come here or wherever you do, have a coffee, go home. You know, my health has really been great. You know, so the action figure isn't that disturbed. The head is like a vacant lot. You know, there's a couple of cars parked there. <laughs> no, one's, no one's come to kept collect them. You know, I'm just in the booth, just like that. All I see is, same old, same old stories spinning out. Those kids. <laughs> I'm so happy you showed up, my friend. I was sort of a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, I don't want to do this anymore here. Because uh, with the after the pandemic, the we don't get as many people and stuff. So I put a little, my head says, well, let's see what happens. And I had uh, blast from the past the last three weeks people and so I got come thoroughly convinced we're going to keep this fucking thing going 
going because I sort of was asking for a sign. I got a use sign. The other day it was this guy, Dylan, who rode one of those one wheel electric things across country. I just cannot believe you could do that. I can't see you going through Minnesota in a snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> How could you do it? Hey, uh, kid, you got to get some change for that tire. <laughs> but and then we had a guy, bubble guy, Mike came last week. Now you, so yeah. Sorry, yeah, yes. I've been corrected once again. Thank you. Before it was like, boom, oh, boom. Oh. Now subtle, yes. All right. <laughs> so you want to ask any? We have a Zoom going on, so. Yeah. If you ask any questions, anyone here? No. All right. There you go. I thought I said no. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you see here, honey? Yeah. And then you've got to wrestle three crocodiles. And then, yeah. And then, there you go. Yeah. So they can just hear it from the mic. <laughs> By the time I get to my question, it's not. I, mean, I don't even I feel like I'm at a job interview. <laughs> uh, we're going to need a background check. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So I gave, I like that example you gave about home. Home, like, yeah. Just, you know, that you know that you have a home. Yeah. But. But. But, this time, <laughs> but the home has a mortgage. <laughs> and it needs new plumbing. And yes. Right, but what I'm saying is that I don't know that home, the one that I'm touched, but you know. Yes, you do. Hmm? Yes, you do. The thing that you're not doesn't know it. You do. So what I'm conscious of, what, what I'm conscious of is, okay, um, there's two things. Fear of death and not having contentment like there's something that's not content so yeah let's say which is fear, not you fear of death and then desires all right so let's not jump on those let's use them to look before it all right who is it that has the fear of death that which dies uh, yes. right Josie and no no not Josie that's not you yeah that's a good question to ask yourself. Who has the fear of death? If it isn't you, it doesn't invalidate the fear. We just want to know there's an assumption that it's you. We're like to look at that assumption. I don't believe there's it's you. What, it, what, what, what comes to my mind is that when things like that come up for me, there's a part of me that says, well, you know what, this is not really you. So let it go, or in that moment, but you know, I mean, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? It's just no, not pay attention just, to it because it's still there. No, no, it's not. See, that which has attention to it isn't going to pull the attention away from it. Right. So you just tell the truth and just sit with that emptiness when you ask who it is. That's a fear, uh, afraid of death. Yeah, you don't know what that is. That's the great news because you are it. How could you know it? You are it. You are that silence. See, this is something when we speak, we're speaking from a relative fact that's not a fact. We think we start here. We don't start here. 
This is after we start from what we're talking to. That's where we start from. We start from that which doesn't have a fear or doesn't lose a fear. There's fear arises, shit like that, but there's no ownership of it, yeah? It's different then. So not having an answer, I don't have an answer right That's now. great, hallelujah. That opens you up to being the answer. If you keep wanting an answer, you gotta be the questioner, really. Yes? If you're looking for an answer, it's reinforcing the desire to be the questioner. You lose interest in that desire to be the questioner because, and you find you're the answer. Yeah. I haven't asked a question since 2001, I think. I remember the last time. Oh, I remember when that curtain came down. It was in, it was in Tiruvannamalai, 2001 in uh, India at a satsang. I just sat there and I knew I wasn't going to ask the question ever again, really. I think that was pretty solid. And it seems to have come to pass. Yeah. Not because I had the answer. I just saw what the head was doing. The head was using all the want, desire for an answer to reinforce the questioner. If I, when I realized, man, to, to stop the questioner, you'll come up to the pot, you'll arrive at that you're the answer. You don't need a question answer. Yeah, you are the answer. Yeah? Questions have their purpose. They allow some talks and shit. But most people come to a point where they don't ask any more questions. Because they know something is done. Yeah? So when there's fear of death, of course the action figure has fear of death. I don't try to indicate that. I don't even try to take it away. I just see it's not me. Yeah, not with a hope that that's going to give me relief from it, but just as a fact. It's not me. Yeah. What would, if you, the only thing that's a fear of, has a fear of death is that which can die, obviously. Yes. Do you believe you actually were born? In this physical world? I mean, not talking about anything. Do you, were you here before you were born? Of course you were. Yes? Something, but I don't know what. You don't need to know. You can't have that. I don't see it as a boon, really, knowing. You can't have the boon of knowing about what you are. You are you're relegated to being it. That's it. Yeah? Once there's a being of it, all the, and being of it as it, all the drives of knowing and understanding and getting and experiencing drop, yeah? They drop because you've realized the fact you are that which you're looking for. Is there a realization of that? Yeah, you're in it right now. Your head is just looking for it, yeah? You're in the space of it now. As Ramana one also said, you're all, we're always realized, always. It's, it's always realized. We're not, as seemingly. But it's always realized. Yeah. You don't come through this. It comes through you, in a sense, yeah? It erodes, it shifts the interest, because there's an interest in something wanting to get it. That wanting to get it 
isn't going to be fulfilled. There's just going to be a loss of interest in it. Yeah, just like to me, the real liberation is from the need to be liberated. Yeah, because that which needs to be liberated, Paul, is not going to be liberated. <laughs> so I'm, I'm freed from the need to be liberated because I don't see myself as Paul on this level. Of course, I see that Paul sees itself as Paul. Yes, you know, I'm not trying to convince one Paul that it's not the other Paul. You know, I don't see that as valuable. I just see that I'm not Paul in whatever humble way that appears, yes? What it, what it is is a statement after a fact, a lot interest and attention was withdrawn from Paul. Yeah. yeah. It's not Paul having interest and intention and not being Paul. A lot of interest and attention was withdrawn from Paul. And from that withdrawn interest, I can say, I'm not Paul. So that's yeah. the shift. That was the shift, right? Well, I don't know. The shift, the shift is, uh, again, the shift appears, but it's not the shift. Yeah. It just feels like a shift based on like something uh, shuddering. Yeah, when an engine stops. But in fact, when this shift occurs, it tells you what the shifts seem to uh, bring about has always been available. So was there a shift? No. In the story, there's a shift. But after the shift, there was no shift. Because <laughs> then there'll be an addiction, an addiction to shifts. I had a little shift. I thought it was a big one, but that guy had a real big one. I need a bigger shift. And now, now it's off and running again. Yes, I'm looking for a shift. And I'll pay whatever it costs. <laughs> if you can shift me, if you can shift me, I'll pay you. Oh, well, okay. Let me think about it. No. kind of feel a sense of, I guess the mind, you know, sometimes. I know, honey. It's, hey, listen. You know, like a frustration or just like... We try to be nice here. We pull out the rug and we have a lot of cushions. We just, but we're going to keep pulling out the rug. Because that's what I, it's... While you're being rug, it's pulling out the rug under me. There's no... There's no exemption from satsang, yeah? I'm just... I, You know, the pulling out the rug is, is to me, true compassion, true love. Because I don't want you to have any false floor to stand on. What's the point? They're all going to concert. They're going to create so much concern and anxiety. They're not worthy of the term floor, F-L-O-O-R. Yeah, they're not sound. I want that to, all that shaky shit looking for stability. I fuck it. Just recognize everything is, is unstable and then there's a stability there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like this pattern, you know, like knowing that this is not real, but even still being sucked into it every day. Of course. Day, you know? Well, your head is because the head's saying it knows it's real, not real. Right. And then it also knows it as real. <laughs> That's duality. So it's real, not real, real, not real. It's like a ping pong game. No one's interested other than you <laughs> because they're playing at the same time. There's just tons of ping pong tables going off. Real, not real, real. Right. I hope real stabilized. No, not real. Oh, same. Right. Cold. Oh, you. No. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're neither of that. 
That which wishes for stability is not stable. <laughs> What's stable doesn't wish for stability. And that's where I don't have the answer yet. Or I don't know. Yeah, don't worry. You'll lose interest. You won't even care about the answer. That's, I mean, losing it. That's the point. See, it's a, see, before I thought answers were going to do a lot more than they've actually shown themselves to do. After a while, you realize uh, another answer. <laughs> it demands more shit of me that I don't want to do anyway. So let's just stay dumb now. Thank you. Show me all. Yes. Yeah. I'm getting crankier, though, in my older age. I can see that. I'm not, but Paul is. <laughs> I could be one of those ordinary people. Who else? Who's calling? <laughs> it's not me. Forgive me. Yeah, honey, <laughs> yeah, you're just come. You're just in good hands. Yeah, all this stuff is fluttering of imaginary wings. They're gonna, they're gonna chill out. Yeah. If not, you're just going to lose interest in them. They don't have to chill out. You'll lose interest in it. Yeah? No, I can't but, wait, Paul. I can't wait. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> yes. Are we the next ones? Yes. Here we got Tom by chat who's... I'm not working for Mike. This is another <laughs> job. Forget this. Tom says he's happy to verbalize the question. All right. And then... Oh. Oh. Yeah, Tom again. I, I saw you a couple of weeks ago, Paul. Back again. Thank you. Um, I can't. Hold on. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we're good. A little bit, yeah. Wait, we're getting a little higher. Okay. Um, yes, good, good. Yeah, okay. Listen, listen. Um, about um, three months ago, um, I was having kind of really hard psychological psychiatric I want to kill myself time and um psychiatrists came to see me and like so oh, I take metazapine take sertraline take this apine that apine and then I just kind of did it and I tried it and I just got really sick and and then and then he came to the point and he said I really don't think they work anyway and he said do you know what Tom you should really look at a couple of things in your life. Look at the trauma, possibly in your past, but also look at Paul Hederman or Rupert Spira and, and look at the... Not Spira, Hederman. Yeah, yeah. And he said, like, kind of check, check, check these people out. And then, and I don't know what happened, to be honest, Paul, but things have started to just slowly evaporate. The past doesn't seem that important anymore. And the future doesn't really seem that important anymore. But I do, I do get drawn backwards and forwards from it. And it's, it's, it's a bit like the Wizard of Oz. You know, you kind of like uh, the green curtain, see who's pulling the machine. And, ah, oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, I get it now. And it's like, but I also, I also think that kind of, did I have to go through this kind of calamity to reach this point in my life where I can almost experience this kind of avenue of openness, you know, and just, you know, 
and like like yourself you went through addiction and you know cocaine and alcoholism is it what 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 you know everyone on this platform here right now are we all you know are we just like are we the not so much victims of selfing but you know if everyone has hey i'm just had a happy life then great you know yeah is it are we are we is it does calamity bring us to non-duality i think that's the question it can it can yeah. it doesn't it's not like it's not written in stone but yeah. anything anything can bring us to anything mm. it's mind dreaming big mind yeah, yeah? And I feel like in the, in the Course of Miracles, they talk about mind has a purpose. And that purpose, in a way, I'm not going to, I'm going to just use it as, let's say, its purpose is to dream itself out of this dreaming. And as mm. it does, it will get happier. And I yeah. find that a lot of dreaming oneself out of the dreaming has a large, uh, large swatch of rocky terrain and yeah. then there's a huge calamities and it can become a life or death thing and then there's something that breaks and then the road gets smoother and stuff like that is yes. that the way it is no but that's the way it has appeared to be for many people yes yeah, yeah. so i feel sometimes if you're in a, let's say uh, a suit that doesn't fit uh you're, and you're not acknowledging that when it starts ripping, maybe you'll start acknowledging that it doesn't yeah. fit. Yes. So I think a lot of us, we have to see our lives get ripped apart to recognize something. Yeah. It was probably an easier, softer way, but we, we just drove past those turnoffs. <laughs> and okay. so we yeah, went yeah. the harder, fucking rougher way. You know, whatever. That's good. <laughs> um, I guess it's kind of like, um, I, I, I kind of I saw you on YouTube a couple of years ago. You were at, well, you were in London. There's a, there's a couple of like really good little bits in that talk you gave that just went, really hit it. Are you going to come to this side of the pond again soon? Uh, we will when things get a little clearer, yeah. I feel. Yeah. yeah. We've been to Italy. We were just in Italy in August, September. I like oh. London a lot, so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If my friend Richard will still have me. We'll probably come there. Richard okay. is my handler. He lives in a high castle. I like staying up there. So yeah, okay. well, hopefully we'll do it. Hmm? Okay. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, we're gonna go to Dublin, but we may have a thing in Italy in September, so people from Europe can come there. That'd be that'd be lovely. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I just kind of, um, just to put something into perspective here, this is like um, for me um, or myself in actually being on this platform, you know, this is probably going to get recorded on YouTube and it's open to the big wide world. Like a year ago, I'd be like, no way, pal, no way. Yeah. But now I don't really kind of, just, just don't really care anymore. You know, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just, it's really not that important. There's, I'm like 95% selfing. And this 5% is like really precious, important. 
and I can like I'm kind of dipping into it, but not dipping into it, and yeah, and it comes and it flows, and 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 I tend to wake up about sometimes three o'clock in the morning, and I'm kind of like oh I can't sleep, and I'll be tending to, generally honestly Paul just like listening to one of your talks and stuff. I'm like just like yeah I'm really not even doing anything. It just puts me in a place where just things happen. I'm really just in a, in a wonderful, wonderful moment. So thank you for oh, that. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. okay. Yeah, I remember I was so uh, gung-ho and the initial results of the talks were people were getting, uh, they could live with their insomnia. They go to sleep <laughs> as soon as they started hearing the talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hey, what, the what the hell? What the hell? It's not my product. Okay. Okay. Anyway, listen. Insomnia? I, I, oh, yeah. I can't sleep. I listen to you. Yeah. I'm not like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, to be, and to be fair, I appreciate you doing like, um, you know, your like early Pacific time calls. It means I, you know, in Europe, we can like listen to them. So anyway, I'll, catch you. I'll, I'll probably catch you in January. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I get over to someone else. Oh, great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What time is it now? 207. All right. So when do we start? One? All right. Well, we can end if you like. Yeah. yeah let's say goodbye. I thought it was nice, short and oh, sweet, oh. long and sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let me come say goodbye. Goodbye. Stay out of the picture, though. <laughs> let me say hello to everyone. All right, we're gonna uh, say our goodbyes. No? What? Can you see? Yeah, I can see them. Fine. All right. Hey, thanks, Tom. Thank you for that Thank lovely you. share. I'm happy Thank it's you. working out. Can you hear me? Yeah. David. Nice to see you, David. Thanks, Paul. Nice to see you. We got Tanya. Tanya, I'm very happy with Tanya. Tanya seemed to have uh, dropped a bundle of anxiety. That's pretty cool. We got Thank Johannes. You, hmm? Thank you, Paul. It's You're welcome. Tanya. <laughs> welcome. Nice, it's nice to hear. I can't see you, but nice to hear. From I you. know. It's because I look, I was just not ready to be on camera because I look awful. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, you can see I broke that rule. So, yeah. <laughs> no, you look great. Johannes, nice to see you from Germany. Roman from Germany. Tariq from Dover, New Jersey. Mike C. He's from uh, Bed Bath & Beyond. Emphasis <laughs> on bed. <laughs> we got Robert French, my favorite Kiwi. We got a new... There she is. Nice to see you anew. Tommy, 
I never see you, but I feel you in there. Christine, I don't know if I've met you before. Nice to see you, Christine. We got Chris. Oh, Chris, uh, nice to see Chris drop in. I know him from both coasts, the East and the West. Wender O'Driscoll, honey, nice. Sylvester, the man before the blinds, yes. The man before the blinds is not blind. Hmm, very good. We got Craig May. Yeah, nice to see you, Craig. Oh, there's Walter, our friend from, uh, our ne'er-do-well from Netherlands. Yes, there he is. Kenneth from Vancouver. Nice to see you, Kenneth. Uh, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, I think we got him. Yes, nice to see you. We got Lisa M. Nice to see you, Lisa. Very nice. Nanette, oh, we got, this is like a, a power pack uh, two here. Lisa and Nanette, wow. And oh, wow, Chris, Chris G. That's a threesome. We got PK from Long Island, wow. Uh, Gary C, hey, thanks, Gary. Thanks for the donation, appreciate it. Uh, Mary G, yeah. Stefan on having never left. Elvan, nice to see you, Elvan. Yes. Uh, who else? Oh, we got Elaine. There she is. My other freaking character from uh, Carl. Carl and Elaine. Yes, nice to see you. Mickey from Madeira. Connor from Dublin. Michael Stacy, Sina from Sonoma. Christy, Jess from Dublin. Deborah. Oh, Deborah from Alberta. Sue K. She, uh, I'm awash with lattes. Sue K sent me money for lattes. Rich A. Nice to see you. Christy. Nice to see you. Anyone else, bro? Oh, fantastic. Hey, thanks so much. And uh, we will be here on Tuesday. Yeah, the same next week. There won't be a live meeting here. We're going to be have a meeting at the house, at our house. And we'll have the Zoom. We're going to have a Zoom at 1 and at 7 on Saturday. And we're going to have a Zoom at 7 on Friday night from the house. And then Sunday at another meeting. So at 11 in the morning, all right? So some of you, I'll see you live. So make sure you wear some pants and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I want to see those shoes. All right. Thank you. Yep. Thank oh, you yep. yep.